1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Reflections from the Heart. I'm Tom Fertle with Stewardship Mission to Faith, and this morning it's the, the few and the proud. I'm joined with Tom Towers. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Great, Tom. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. The two Toms uh, here will guide you through our, our reflection. Again, Reflections from the Heart is a look at the upcoming reading, the Sunday's Gospel, um, and just uh, letting the words permeate our hearts, our minds, our souls, and just kind of see what comes to mind, see what uh, it's sparked in us. So not a scripture study, but a reflection. Uh, on the Word of God, we break open the Word as we should all do um, every day, and uh, and offer some thoughts. and We hope that uh, through our words, through our deliberations, uh, we can spark something in you that you'd be open to the message that God has for each and every one of you. Um, we'll begin with a time of prayer, and then I'll ask Tom to uh, read our Scripture for uh, for the day. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the gift of our lives. We thank you for the gift of those who you have put in our lives, friends, family, associates, colleagues. Lord, we ask most of all that you just guide us in what you want us to accomplish. What is it that you put us on this earth for? What mission do you have before us? Help us to be open to your whisperings, to your promptings, that we may know your will. And there, Lord, we ask again for the courage, the fortitude to follow, to do what you have in mind for us to put our shoulder to the plow and to persevere in all that we do to accomplish your will. We ask for courage, we ask for faith, and we ask for the gift of trust. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Tom, if you would uh, read our gospel reading, please.
2: Yes, this is from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee— and the mother of Jesus was there, Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out, now take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory and his disciples began to believe in him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord o Jesus, Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. Well, you know, Tom, and and so it begins. Of course, this uh, is the beginning uh, recorded in Scripture of, of, of Jesus' ministry, the first public miracle um, and the beginning of his ministry as an adult. And I think appropriate time here, as we've you know, we're pretty much still new into the into the new year, the middle of January, and I think it's uh, a time for a reflection for all of us. Look at this year ahead. You know, what are your goals? And I mean by that, what are your faith goals? What are your spiritual goals? I think many people, of course, have crossed into two thousand and nineteen, and we probably have many people have fitness goals. I can tell that by how how full the gym is in the last <laughs> few weeks. You know, you see people you've never seen there before, and you you can't get on the treadmill as people you know, rush to the gyms uh, with that idea of I'm going to lose some weight or get into shape, you know uh, this year, which is a great thing people have other goals. What People have financial goals. I'm going to try to save some more money this year or to pay off some debt or there might be household goals. You know, I'm going to uh, get that garage organized for the first time or, you know, get that uh, that basement, you know, fixed up. We probably, most people listening probably have some type of goals that they've set forth for this year um, and maybe some of them are a little bit deeper, you know, spend more time with the family or, you know, reach out to some uh, friends and, ha- and and just get together people that they haven't been with and those are all great things. But I think each one of us, as a person of faith, should go into this year saying, "How can I do things better? Um, what what is what are the obstacles that are getting in the way in my relationship with Jesus? Um, you know, what what do I know I've been neglecting in my own prayer life or my own my own spiritual life? And 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 how can I do better? And like any other goal, you know, it's not a matter of it's not a matter of uh, trying to do all of it at once. You know, if you're going to the gym for the first time, you know, in, in 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 many years, you don't start off with a five-hour you know treadmill session. You take it in pieces and i think those same lessons as we look at this upcoming year and our goals that those same lessons apply to our spiritual life what is one small change what is one small shift i can do i, I think i mentioned before you know the, the plethora of apps out there that have scripture passages for the day or spiritual reflection what can i do what a small thing can i do can i add to my repertoire that just like with fitness, just like with our saving of, of money, throughout the year, the small steps can start to accumulate, and they can start to really change and affect my spiritual life. Something for us to all think about as we plunge forward here in 2019.
2: Yeah, and I, when you mention goals, Tom, it's like um, even though we're 2,000 years away um, from you know this event in Cana, there's still human nature is human nature. So I'm sure all the the people involved at least the servers and this bridegroom, they probably all had goals as well in this little story. Perhaps Jesus or the or the Blessed Mother came to help those guys reach their goals. You know, when they run out of wine, you know, how is this going to affect... You know, my goals of serving a good wedding or whatever, you know, and we see, you know, the Blessed Mother coming to their aid. And so I guess in a sense, the goals that we have, you know, maybe spiritual goals to deepen our relationship with Jesus, we can go to the, you know, the Blessed Mother and ask her to help with those goals um, because her first job is always to point, you know, point us to her son— so uh, why wouldn't she want to help us if, if we're at a point where we're like, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what this year holds. I want to, you know, learn more about my faith. I want to learn more about, you know, Jesus. I want to know more about what the church teaches. You know, just a simple prayer to her. Um, I can't see how that would go unheard. You know, I'm sure just as she helped out here, she would help us, you know, in that goal of, our, of ours as well. That's
1: a good point, Tom. And, and I, I love what you said about, you know, um, how the people here had their own goals, and and you know, our Lord became part of those goals. And maybe I, you know, even when I my, my opening little dialogue, um, that I missed that point of, of making that, you know, if you have goals about getting in shape, if you have goals about your finances, if you have goals about organizing your your household or or your friendships. The father wants to be part of that as well, you know. Um, and and it, it's easy to comp- compartmentalize things and say, well, I have my finance goals, I have my social goals, my you know my my uh, my fitness goals, and my spiritual goals. But the spiritual goals should be part of everything, you know. Your finances are not just a, a temporal thing. Um, the father wants to be part of that, um, and we can pray, as you said, you know, for that that trust, for that um, that 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 wisdom. Um, to help getting other parts of our life organized, involve God in everything. You know, David uh, uh, David Abel, who's you know, our, our founder here, always is saying those things that, you know, the Father wants to be a part of every part of our life. He wants to come along for the ride. You know, he wants to go on that fishing trip. He wants to go to that movie with you. And so as we look to um, sort out, many in many ways, you know, in, in a new way, our, our, our lives for this year, um, bring the Lord along. Because um, I would say that we probably can't succeed without His help in all that we do. And so when when it comes to you know wanting that willpower to get to the gym or to cut back on those uh, on those sweets, you know, that that's it's also a spiritual thing. Our temples are bo- you know, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and God wants to be involved, and we can and we can ask for guidance and grace uh, with the physical things um, and our finances, of course, at stewardship. Right, we we preach it all the time. Everything that we have is a gift from God that we use to help others. And so, in so far our, our finances are, are are out of order, you know, um, ask the Lord to be a part of that, um, both in terms of, of of prudence to make good decisions and a little bit of willpower, uh, you know, to be able to follow through with a plan. You know, anybody can have a plan, but as to following through, I think that becomes the tricky part. So, in every area of our life, as you pointed out, Tom, I mean. The, the Lord wants to be a part of it, and we can, and we can, uh, you know, go pray for that guidance. And um, of course, turning to mom is, is always a good thing. And um, as as you said, you know, the words of Mary here are great. Do whatever he tells you. That's all she's ever done uh, throughout all of time was to point people to her son. It's a simple message. It was a simple message then uh, to the wine stewards. And it's a simple message to us as well. And of course, as we ask for our friends to pray pray for for us, we can ask those in heaven to pray for us as well. And who better to pray for us than the Blessed Mother, now, the Lord's Mother? Um, of course, you know, crowned in uh, in glory in heaven, as as it says in the Book of Revelation, um, to ask for her intercession. So, if I can ask, if you can ask me, Tom, I'm a I'm a sinful slob <laughs> who struggles like everyone. And you can ask me to pray for you, right? And we we can ask Saint Peter and Saint Paul to pray for us of course, and we can ask the Blessed Mother to pray for us uh, as well.
2: Since you're uh, inviting me to ask a question, Tom, <laughs> I, th- I do have a question. And it might be something that other people have on their mind as well. When Jesus says, like, woman— how does your concern affect me? I think a lot of us are put off by that. It seems like he's disrespecting her or saying, you know, you know, we wouldn't say use that language today, I don't think. You know, sure. what, so what does that sure. mean? Yeah, without getting to, again without getting diving too into
1: scripture study, I think it it's there's it again, scripture is taken in, in the context of the other books and the other passages. And you can go back to, you know, the book of Genesis and see the reference to woman. You can see Jesus at the cross. What does he say to the apostles, right? right. You know, woman, yeah. behold your mother, mother. Um, uh, and and look at the book of Revelation. You know, the woman clothed in a sun. So that that term permeates throughout, which again shows the analogies between Eve. You know, and and as as the as the first woman, and then and then Mary, and then Mary crowned in glory in the book of Revelation. So it's if you understand all of Scripture, if you see the entire context, you you don't see it as you know some type of disrespectful mm-hmm. term, but you see the continuation. Um, you you see you see the the, the 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 evolution or the natural flow from the first woman to the to the to the mother of Jesus, um, saying yes to God, uh, to Mary at the cross, where, where Jesus gives Mary to all of us, and then to see her crowned in heaven. Uh, you know, again, keeping in mind as we always say, um, not on par with God. Just to be clear to everybody who is listening, not equal with God, but always directing people to her Son in the same way that the saints. Um, you know, had a had a very particular um, high position and high authority. You know, people never say, "Well, you shouldn't worship Saint Paul." Well, we don't worship Saint Paul, right? You know, mm-hmm. we refer to Saint Paul as a great apostle and a great leader. Uh, we don't worship Mary, um, but we can ask for her to pray for us in the same way. We can ask Saint Paul to pray for us in the same way. Tom, I can ask you to pray for me. So, not a not a not a term of uh, of, of scorn or belittling uh, belittling, but when we understand all of Scripture, a turn that we see uh, making that tie in from Eve to Mary, the to Mary, the mother of Jesus, to Mary crowned in heaven, mother of us all, given to us by Jesus at the cross. Okay, so there's uh. our mini, our mini, uh scriptural, uh, um, you know, a, a lesson uh, for today, and I, I can't help but you know, I, I think about the. Um, I like the uh, I like the uh, the head waiter who who makes the the comment about you know of course most people they serve the uh, they serve the good wine first you know they want to be they want to impress people but then as soon as people have have drunk a little bit and their palate gets numb then they then they dish out the uh, the old stuff and I I can't help but uh, again make that parallel to this beginning of the new year um, how many times do we start out right with bright ideas, and big plans, right? And so we give our best first. I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning all, all week last mm-hmm. week to go to the gym. But then a month from now, we fade away. You know, we start with our best and we fade away. And I love the way it's referenced here. You no, know, right. no, that's not the way to do it. You know, you, you, you've impressed people. You started, you know— uh, simply, and then you saved your best for last. And I look at it as in you, you you followed through, you persevered to the end, you didn't hold back. And so again, when it comes to our spiritual lives, you know, um, it's not about starting, over, being overzealous and starting too big and too grand and then fading. That gets us nowhere but it's about persevering. It's about waking up each day and saying, Lord, what's on the docket today? What, what do you want me to accomplish today? Walk with me today. And again, you know, to use those earthly analogies, in all that we do, our finances, our fitness, our relationships, you know we can't worry about yesterday. We shouldn't fret over tomorrow. Let's take it day by day and ask the Father to walk with each of us each day.
2: Yeah, and how uh, you—I like the way you're um, describing how God is, you know, with us in everything, in our finances and in all aspects of our life. And we can—because I always thought, you know, all right— God is only available in church, you know, like uh, I can't really pray to him, like here at work or when I'm in my car, you have to wait till you get to church, that's where he's at. And he's only concerned about my spiritual stuff, like he doesn't care about, you know, what's going on in my daily life. And I I guess in this parable, this is a a regular situation, it's not in a church or anything, and it's it's, it's in these people's regular lives, you know, the waiters doing their thing and the... You know, the bride and groom, the guests all have different roles, so God is with them in all those different roles. So that what you said really struck me about, you know, to talk, uh, you know, to pray to God or even talk to him as if, you know, he's there all the time, which he is, and and help us in all situations as he did in this, uh, you know, at this wedding. So that, that was good that you sort of uh, reminded me of that, that we should... Go to him for for everything, not just the spiritual stuff,
1: you know right on time. I think sometimes we um, you know we 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 involve God um, like we're, we're ready to make a decision or we've made a decision, and then we ask God to like make. What we want come true, mm. uh, as opposed to backing up and involving him in the decision-making process. As many of you know, I, I spent many years in, in Catholic schools as a Catholic school teacher and administrator, and, I, I, and I, I would use that example when it comes to young people, um, especially with their college choices, you know, and I would say as a, an example of trusting in God, you know, would, would be when, you, when you're looking at colleges. I said, now most people, what they do is the, the, the families, they, you know, they look at colleges and they evaluate the different programs. You know, and they make a decision, and they send other applications, and then they pray. (laughs) You know, God, Mm -hmm. please get me into you know whatever your you know Penn State Mm -hmm. or Florida, whatever your whatever your choice is. And I would say to young people and parents, did you ask God where He wants you to go to college? And of course, many of them would look at me like I'm crazy. But but that's the difference.
2: That's living a spiritual life. But what? Go ahead. What about like (laughs) someone who prays before? Does the right thing and, and God, what, what school should I could But nothing comes. There's no seem, seemingly clear way. What do, what do they do then? Yeah, it's
1: it's it's you know I think there's I think there's no of course there's no magic because it's not magic. It's it's yeah. it's it's spirituality. I think uh, as as David always brings up, it's about being silent. Then it's about mm. being silent, Tom. And I think it's about being attentive. What are the promptings? Where are the promptings? And believe me, I get frustrated. I always say I'm someone. I don't you know David always talks about a, a, the silent whisper. I I like a two by four, you know. (laughs) I want to hear the voice, do this, Tom, you know. But it doesn't always come that way. But I have found that if I just slow down and I have the patience and I make that time for silence, right? The prompting will come. Sometimes it's a prompting of the heart. Sometimes I, I call it signal grace, something that you see or you hear that you you know at that moment, oh, yeah. boom, that there there it is. There is the answer I seek. And like anything else, when we practice that, I think it gets I think it gets better. The hardest part, because you're right, Tom, it's not always easy. The hardest part for me is the patience. You yeah. know, slowing I say, down. That, and, that's yeah, it. The you time. know. I always say trusting God, really for me, I don't find that difficult. It's his timeline that I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I yeah. find difficult yeah. because I want the answer.
2: So the first step you should take is, with any decision is, wait, stop, yeah. ask God, and then slow down, and then look for that, that silent time. Correct. Correct. You know, we still
1: we still take the steps. You still have to, you know, you still gather information. So to use that college analogy, I would tell parents, it's not like you say, okay, God, uh, tell me my college. You know, I guess you could do that, but you still do your due diligence. You Mm -hmm. still look. You still discern. So no matter what decision you're facing, um, involving God does not mean not doing any 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 work on your own. You know, it's both in. You know, it's like uh, God, take care of my finances, and then I don't track my spending, or I just go buy whatever I want. Well, no. Yeah. You, you know, you do, you still have to balance your checkbook. You still have to like look at budgeting. Yeah. You still have a role. You know, it's God being, I think, the, 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 it's it's God with us. Yeah. It's not just totally throwing everything over and go, well, I'll just keep spending and when God wants me to stop, he'll stop me.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not so how it works. it's through the course of doing whatever you're doing then God will reveal his will through something someone might say to you or you might read something or hear something and then it'll prompt that little, nudge in your heart that, oh, maybe I should look at this. And so that's, that's God, a, a sign of God working in your life. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he, he uses what he has. He uses us. He uses
1: other people. He uses the, you know, those, those promptings and those graces. I, absolutely. And, and, and again, like anything else, it, it takes practice to, be, to have that kind of awareness. Um, and again, the biggest thing in our day and age is it takes that quiet time. You know, and I'm the first one, you, you know me, I like to talk, I like noise, you know? and so it's sometimes it's hard to say, no, just be quiet, get over to the church, get over to the chapel, you know, kneel down at night at the bedtime, whatever it is, take some quiet time to listen. You know, yeah. um, I'm a firm believer that God is talking to us on a regular basis, but we get just we just get so caught up in what we want or the worries of the day or the stresses in our lives, and and we don't take that time to listen. Would you think
2: it's like a probably a good idea to block out some sort, of, even if it's I guess ten minutes in your day, and it doesn't have to be in a church. It could be like in the corner of your bedroom or something, but maybe make it um, the same time every day or whatever.
1: Well, look at those you know. analogies in our regular life, right? If you're if 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 you were going to talk to anybody about getting in shape, right, back to our New Year's resolution of getting in shape, every fitness expert would tell you, right, you have to to schedule it, right? right? When are you going to go to the gym? When are you going to, you know, turn on your little video and exercise? And they would say you have to schedule it. You can't wake up and go, well, sometime today I'm going to go do a half an hour. The experts would say, no, have it. Already scheduled in, so you know that that's gonna be an important thing. And then your day will go around that, okay? Because you have it in stone. Well, my goodness! It should be the exact same thing with our spiritual life. When are you going to do it? You know, and and have that planned and have that scheduled because yeah. it forms habits. Yeah. It becomes what we normally do. You know, as I see, you know, if you got a, if you've got your cell phone next to your bed or your iPad, and you've got a your daily scripture reading, and you know, the alarm goes off at you know six oh one, and at six oh two, I'm gonna you know do my daily readings for the next five minutes. You yeah. know, whatever it is. It becomes a routine. It becomes a habit. And you know that that comes first. Yeah. And then if you have exceptions later, you, you deal with those. But I think to carve that time out, when it becomes a habit, you know, I, I think about um, – um, when I'm in a good zone of, of going to the gym diligently, I have a membership that I can go to other gyms, the same franchise, and I would plan my day. Oh, I'm gonna be in this town. Oh, they have a gym, right? And I would map it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think of of one of our colleagues here, you know, Rob Longo, who who hosts many times. Rob is so good about that when it comes to mass. If you're meeting Rob in any town in America, <laughs> his yeah. his the first thing always is, where am I getting to mass that day? And it might be seven o'clock in the morning or it might be that noon mass. But yeah. he's in such that good habit. He's a good witness to me because he's always thinking about I'm getting to mass every day. He's a daily communicant. I'm getting the mass every day, and so I build my schedule around that. And even if that means I've got to leave my home or leave my hotel, you know, an hour early to get somewhere, he does that. But it's so ingrained into what he does yeah. that he makes it happen. And so that's that's that we work into these things by carving that time out.
2: Yeah, it reminds me of like um, the, the, I think the the saints or the church had this down pat centuries ago and they had the. I think I'm thinking of like the liturgy, of the hours, you know, where they would wake up and the first thing would be like, um, you know, prayer, and then mid morning there would be another prayer. But I, I'm not saying to people out there listening that you have to do prayer every you know hour on the hour, but the the. Uh, practice of that, just starting that habit. And and once I think I've read, I don't know, you might have heard it, it takes like 21 days or something to or ingrain yeah, that sure. and, and um, just like going to the gym. Yeah.
1: Well, in, in, in many towns yet of course the, the church bells still ring all right. throughout the yeah. day. And yeah. that was it. That was the yeah. that was the reminder. That was the yeah. that was the call to worship. Yeah. And so some places we can't rely on church bells, but again, right, we all have that smartphone, we yeah. all have that tablet. You know, is there really anybody listening who can't have that alarm go off at eleven thirty every day or twelve o'clock noon, you know, to remind you to throw in a, a quick prayer. Yeah. You know, and even label your alarm. Reminder, our Father. You know <laughs> who can't do that. You yeah. know these are these are simple things. So you know as we look at our own spiritual growth, it is about these small steps, these small reminders, which will become ingrained into us. They will, will develop these habits, and as we develop these habits, then we're more in tune. To be able to listen, mm-hmm. to wait for those promptings, li- identify those promptings, listen for that quiet voice of God as He whispers into our heart, um, which he, which He strives to do. So it's it's all about that slow, deliberate process of being being uh, directed, being deliberate about our spiritual life. As St. Ignatius would say, our spiritual life does take some work. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. All things that are good take work. You don't get financially healthy by doing nothing. You don't get physically healthy by doing nothing. You don't. Ha- you don't. Your friendships do not evolve if you don't spend time developing them. And we know that in every area of life, that everything takes a little bit of work. Um, Lord knows, I like to golf, but you don't get any better unless hmm. you practice and get deliberate about it. So, in our spiritual life. It's the same thing. Yeah. We have to find the opportunities. We have to find some resources, um, develop some habits that will help us get better. And they are there everywhere. Um, again, if if we need uh, an app, if we need a scripture reading, if we need—I mean, there's so many resources out there. Again, there really is no excuse. Like most areas of life, there's no excuse. It's a matter of doing it. Start small. Take baby steps and continue the journey. It's worth it. You'll be more um, uh, in, in tune with true needs and desires. You'll be in better communion with with the Father who seeks that intimate relationship with each and every one of us through that personal relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. So then we can truly, when we get in that zone, we can truly follow, right? All right. The words of the mother here, <laughs> do whatever He tells you. He tells us to love Him He tells us to follow him. He tells us that he wants to be our brother. He wants to walk with us and guide us back to the Father, which should be all of our goals. So embrace it, accept the help, accept the guidance, walk with our Lord each day, and your life will be blessed. Thank you all for joining us. We'll catch you next time here on Reflections from the Heart. God bless.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org. or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.